0: If someone's mindset is ahead of their skill set, they're gonna be very uh, frustrated. If their skill set is ahead of their mindset, they're gonna be very frustrated. And so where do we start? We start with value.
1: Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Team. So much of what we do now is about our personal brand. So I'm very excited for our next guest, Ruke Klein. She's the CEO of Expert Celebrity Branding. She's a visibility strategist and master book coach. She's also the author of seven, seven best-selling books herself. She has her masters in clinical and spiritual psychology, and she works with high-achieving entrepreneurs, coaches and sales professionals. Ruth, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, absolutely. Nice to be here, Doug.
1: Pleasure to have you. Okay. So let's kick it off with the sales professionals. I would say about, you know, 30 to 40% of our listeners are sales professionals. Uh, they're learning how they can, uh, leverage branding in order to make more sales. how how would you recommend to do that?
0: Yeah. So, First of all, I think it's important, really important that um, everyone realizes that everyone's in sales. We're all in sales. Um, you know, if you have, a, if you know, a three-year-old or have a three-year-old or a five-year-old, someone's always trying to get their way. They're they are trying to get someone to say yes to them. Um, I wrote a book um, called uh, The Everything, let's see, um, How to Be a Sales Rep. And um And the most important thing when we're talking about sales and and branding is once you have identified how you're different, I mean really different, and I don't care if this is among realtors, insurance agents, financial services, lawyers, coaches, healers, doctors, it doesn't matter. Everyone has a unique, what I call brand print. Even twins don't have the similar fingerprints and we don't have the same brand print, but most of us do not know what that unique part of us is. First of all, you've got to identify, so you either need a coach or you need a good friend or you need someone that can help you, a sales professional such as yourself, Doug, that can help guide you so you can start seeing all the parts of of what you are. You know, it reminds me, I was working for um, a unicorn fintech company contacted me and they were founders, uh, two of them and um, i like to get to talk to them and i get to know them and one of the guys uh loved world war ii everything and uh and we just started talking he had no idea that that was a huge potential market for him in what he's doing even though it was in financial technology services, so it's it's how are you different? That's first of all. Once you identify how you're different, and once you identify um, the the what I want to call the um, captivating story about you, you never have to sell again. You literally show up. You you are who you are. And uh, people ask you questions, and you know clearly who you are. You know your ideal client's pain points. You listen to them. You really listen, and you, re- you hear between the lines. Um, and you tell them a captivating story. And we all, we all have captivating stories. You know, I, I meet clients, dug in the coffee shop. I meet them standing in line at a theater. I meet them at a dinner party. And I meet them at networking events and I basically have my little minute and I sit down and someone is basically mouthing, Can I have your card or I want to connect with you? And I don't sometimes at the very beginning, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't even know what I was saying, but that's who I am. I tell stories and I, those stories are relevant and captivating to my ideal Mm. client. And here's the other thing. Once you, once you are who you are and you show up as you and authentically and um, your uniqueness, your ideal client, your ideal client and you share the same language. So not everyone is your client, but your ideal client gets it. They're, they're immediately, they catch on who you are and they, they want to know more.
1: So, you know, we, we live in a, obviously a very social media heavy world. That's where I would say I get traction than anything on the podcast. We we push a lot of this to social media. Right. And a lot of entrepreneurs that don't have the book, they don't have the podcast. Right. And so it's, they have to basically think of how to be authentically them every day on social media, through long form posting, through reels, through content creation. Right. Where are, where's, what are the minds uh, in the mind of content creation that you recommend that they avoid because they don't come off authentic? Where, where are you seeing that happen with your clients or with your sphere of influence?
0: So two things, number one, um, you look perfect and everything is perfect. Um, it needs to be good. It needs to be professional. It needs to be real. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is my office i love books and if you if i were to take a 360 you'd see more bookshelves that's just that's just that is me um and i'm into good vibes and i'm into music everything that you see right now is 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 me um and it's just normal me there's there's no extra makeup didn't have a makeup person come in and, and do all that stuff it's it's what you see is what you get so that's number one Number two, do not try and follow someone else because it will bomb. You're not that person. Mm -hmm. So what you've got to do is you basically have to identify what, unless you don't have a book, you don't have a podcast, but of course you've got to be on social media. So this is one Mm -hmm. of the best ways to get on social media and you can do it every day. Um, And I love, you know, you can do Facebook lives, Instagram lives, TikTok. Um, get on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and what you do is what identify identify maybe um, five to ten things that are happening in and around your uh, business area, as well as what's happening in the world at large. And everyone has an opinion, yeah. and I'll give you an example how you combine them. So I was watching this TV series, even though it's really old 10 to 12 years doug it's called suits mm-hmm. and i loved it oh and yeah, I love I, it. yeah i was wonderful and then i read in the wall street journal last week that suits was the number one streaming uh tv series last month even though it's been out for 10 to 12 years so that's what's happening in my world right now i love it but here's the deal so i did a momentum warning coaching this morning and uh, two to five minutes, and basically what it said was, when I watch Suits, it's a legal drama, and the attorneys are always saying, now, I'm going to put you on the stand, and you've got to be honest. Otherwise, you're going to perjure yourself, and that requires, that's a huge penalty. And then I went on this morning and said, I told them, you know, that what I just told you, and then I said, how are you perjuring yourself? How are you, how are you saying things to yourself with limiting, that's limiting you? I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't start this. I yada, yada, yada. And so that's what I'm talking about. Take something as, as um, a TV series that you like or a movie or a book that you're reading or something that you're watching on social media that, you know, you just don't, like, or you do like, or you, um, you're talking about something in your field. So for example, I do a lot of work with repurposing content. Sometimes I think my name should be called Ruth repurpose Klein. And so, um, <laughs> I'm doing, uh, so I do Ruth on demands and, um, and I basically give trainings, uh, 15, 20 minutes same as I would give to clients. And I open it up to everybody. And I talk about, Mm -hmm. I look at my marketing calendar. I look at what's happening seasonally. And then I put something together and I try and educate with three, with three topics. That's it. That's all people can remember. And so then you can take something like that and then break it, break it down using AI actually, and get some of that on your social media posts that's that's one way to do it
1: very cool i like the the tactical approach as well as obviously talking about about being you and authentically you versus you know and when you were saying the the perjure thing about suits i was thinking in my mind you almost have to treat every time you post on social media like you're on the stand not necessarily yes. the pressure of it but the authenticity of it
0: Yeah. because if yeah
1: if you go on there and you try to BS your way through it and you try to lie yeah. and BS, then, then you're going to eventually be perjured for that, or it's going to come in the form of the wrong clients, the clients. Yeah, that exactly. That's for that well said. That,
0: yeah. Well said. So that's what well I was thinking
1: said. in my, in my head for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so psychology is pretty interesting to me. I feel like in sales and in leadership, you know, there's two degrees that serve really well. One is accounting, you know, and being an entrepreneur, but in leadership, I feel like psychology is like the best degree to have. You know, when I, you know, a lot of the people that I follow are psychologists. Uh, Huberman Labs is one of the podcasts that I follow. And I love when he talks about dopamine and the different things that kind of control our subconscious and the way our brains always want us to take the easiest route. But that's not always the best route. It's the one with the most, most dopamine But it's also like long-term happiness that's not where we're going to get it from right and so psychology has always been very interesting to me if i were to go back to school someday it would 100 percent be to get a degree in psychology how have you applied that formal education to your business now
0: oh wow oh everything i do has it seems to have a psychological basis um whether i realize it or not so uh, with my degree in clinical psychology and in spiritual psychology, um, I don't even know where to start. It's so huge. So I'm a, a big believer in pretty much in what you were saying, uh, but the but the word I use is mindset. And you know, if someone yeah. wants yeah. to, if someone wants to, um, in sales, for example, they want to hit their target. Um, then their mindset will have to change if they want to hit a higher higher target. Otherwise, there is there's a um, what I call there's a temperature gauge, and uh, most salespeople find that they they run in this 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 uh, temperature gauge, um, and in order to go higher, they need to have a different mindset, and so what I do is, and this is the interesting thing, um, I help my clients go mindset. And the second path is skill set. So if someone's mindset is ahead of their skill set, they're going to be very uh, frustrated. If their skill set is ahead of their mindset, they're going to be very frustrated. And so where do we start? We start with value. This is the biggest Biggest most um, common denominator in psychology, how people see themselves. And it goes back to value. So speaking of leadership, Doug, there's there's two parts to leadership, um, and the least common denominator as I as I look and w- work with my clients. One is self-esteem and one is self-confidence. The self, the leadership that's required for self-esteem is You know, we are all given what I call divinely gifted gifts and talents, but because some of them are so, they come so easily to us or uh, we don't, we don't put much value to it. Um, And we don't, you know, some people don't even think they, they deserve to be here. That's a self-esteem issue. The other part of that leadership equation is the self-concept and and self-confidence and that is i feel competent that i can do this job i feel competent that i can reach my goal in fact i can exceed my sales goal so there's two levels of leadership there that are both based that are both based in psychology and unless we address each one I don't care how many skill sets, you know, I don't care how much, you know, they're not going to be implemented to their potential, unless those two are clean, what I call cleaned up. One
1: hundred percent. No, I, I love the mindset piece behind it because it's such a huge part of sales. You know, it's the foundation of, you know, the way that we operate because we have to be told no all day, you know, and, and just depending on our product, right? Some products are easier to sell than others. Some you get on a, a Zoom call, or you, you get in front of a client, and they are there to seek that, you know. And so that's an easier sale. Or some you knock on a door, and they didn't even know you were showing up, you know, five minutes ago. Right. And then right. in the next thirty minutes, you're selling them a roof or a solar system or whatever the case is. So right, you know, I
0: yeah,
1: yeah I would say I, that you know. <laughs> Sorry, I think we have a a, a delay. Unfortunately, we do to have a bit of a delay. Yeah. yeah, go ahead.
0: But what I was going to say is, value is a big deal. So money rarely, rarely is the issue. That's real. That's rarely the no. The uh, when someone says no to uh, to purchasing something, the, for the majority, they don't see the value that it's going to bring them. They don't see how it's going to truly solve pain points and problems. If you can really get down to providing where the potential client sees and feels the value at a visceral level, you will you will cut your nose substantially. I mean, think well, about like it. How many times... Yeah, how many times have you gone to, to and bought a, a, something that's really expensive and you thought you'd never do that? A car, a purse, um, a, a new home, whatever it is, but you saw something there, the value.
1: 100%. I like what you said earlier too about a lot of people ask you for your business card kind of under the table a little bit and it's because they heard something of value and they connected it to their business, and now they want to hire you to do the same thing for them. You know
0: exactly, and exactly.
1: Just kind of tiny that those stories that you tell, and the beautiful thing about that is you're you're selling without knowing it because you're just telling a story about about a client that you had. You know, which is the best way to sell, is in is in stories, one hundred percent. So speaking of selling, you know, uh, one of the things that um, that happened in your career is. You were able to not only like coach how to sell high ticket clients, but you've sold really high ticket deals yourself. Nearly a million dollar one year consulting gig for an Inc. 500 pass executive. Like that is like the ultimate closure right there, you know? And uh, I I love that your first thing that you talked about was telling those stories because when you think about a million dollar one year consulting gig, that's not something that is in a package somewhere that you have listed in your sales deck. You know what I'm saying? That's something that comes from a relationship. Somebody saying, Hey, I want you to the tune of seven figures because of the relationship that we have that has developed or whatever the case is. So can you walk me through how that even came about and what closing that felt like? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. So there's, there's good news and bad news. All right. So, um, uh, this particular, um, client came to me after she had gone to another coach that put her behind a computer, um, offering $8,000 investment packages. And she had about, I don't know, 10 people in there and she liked it, but she didn't like it. She was, she was extroverted and really really smart um and sh- so this so, so you see this is where branding comes in when she told me that she was past c level at a fortune 500 company and i asked her some questions and got more information put that together with her personality because i do what's called personality based marketing and when i put it together i basically said you don't want to be behind a computer. And she goes, I don't, I don't want to do this, but some coach said I need to be doing this. And I said, no, no, no. I said, you need to be out in corporate America because they want you, but they don't know that yet because- yada yada so I took all of the what I call puzzle pieces Doug so when I work with someone I ask them lots of questions and I get all these puzzle pieces and then I help put this beautiful puzzle together which is their brand print which they're no two alike and um and so we identified three large corporations and um I helped her put together a proposal and the comptroller had sent the um agreement in the email in through email it was in her inbox this was march Mm -hmm. 2020 they reneged yep they it was um it was 400,000 450, $450,000 for the first six months, with the option of the of another six months of $450,000 unless they were going to add on some things. And they had agreed to that and then the pandemic hit and it's a very large company and they didn't you know no one knew who was on first and they retracted that. That's why I said good news and and bad news. But the point yeah. is the point is she you know a coach saw her at eight thousand dollar investment ah, behind a computer. Those things kill mm-hmm. me. They drive me nuts. They drive me nuts because as you said you've got to you've got to look at that person. It's not I'm going to put them in a in a in a box and they're going I'm going to tell them to put up a digital program or to sit behind a computer. And no, you've got to figure out what is best with their personality. You've got to figure out what's best with all the puzzle pieces of their brand. And then, and then you put the marketing pieces and then you, you know, and and here's the deal. She was used to getting mid six figures. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's keep that up. Let's keep that up. Why would we not keep that up? So that's, that's
1: what we did well I think so many coaches try and replicate what's worked for them versus customizing what could work for the client you know and you got to have a lot of confidence and experience in doing that because you know if you assess the client and say hey this is what should work for them and you get it wrong then you're messing with their livelihood you know but I love that you had the confidence and the experience like you were talking about earlier with psychology You had yeah, the confidence yeah. and the experience to tell her that, no, let's get you out from behind that computer and let's get you in front of these corporate corporate entities
0: right. where right. you exactly. belong and, and demand yeah.
1: higher tickets.
0: Absolutely. Higher absolutely. Ticket and there's another area for salespeople, too, and that is sponsorships. There are companies that are dying to hook up with you, to connect with you. Um, and it doesn't matter. You don't have to have these Ginormous followings, yeah, that helps, of course. <laughs> but you don't have to have them. Um, you can go micro niche, and um, and do it mm-hmm. that way. Let's say you're having an event, or your company is putting a conference together. Sponsorships, sponsorships. Uh, I mean, and there's all these different kinds of ways that you can set that up. But there are so many things that. Sales professionals and entrepreneurs and um and service industry as well as product industries can do that they're not they're they're not being opened, um their mind is not being open to. And unless someone is there to offer you some of these ways to repurpose your brilliance, you're not gonna do it.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um... And it is I, I think this is one of the things you talk about, you know, identifying and working in your zone of genius that that makes a ton of sense, you know, and I was talking about it on. a I was on a panel earlier for uh, a, uh, a podcast and they asked, you know, what, what's the number one mistake you see? Sorry, the number one you say, mistake you see entrepreneurs make when they're building teams and it's to build teams that you're not identifying. Their zone of genius and letting them work in that and letting them kind of grow in that, thrive in that. So I think that's a that's a huge piece of what we're talking about here. So what about for you individually? What is next for you, and what are you excited about? Do you have another book coming well,
0: out? I do. I uh, <laughs> awesome.
1: I'll
0: tell you, once you write that first book, it it it's that's it. That's it. I mean, I didn't even know it's I was it's easy write after a book. that. It's it just you've got to do it. Uh, and, and when you, when you think, you know, I I really want to write a book, I really want to write, it will not rest until you write the book. Um, but I'm working on my eighth book now and, um, and I'm excited about that. But don't forget, I write my books part, part time, because I have a, a thriving business and I help my clients write their books. My books are yeah. written in about four and a half months part time. And I have my clients um, write their books in five months part time, because my clients are, are very busy as we all are. They're high achievers and, and they've got businesses to run. You know, yeah. there's a gal and overseas and she goes I really want to write a book and I really want to work with you but I'm trying to get my business to a million dollars and I I just can't afford to get away the time and I said Laura I'll tell you what I have this system down so well I've done so many books I've helped so many people if let's start it and if you feel that it's taking away time then I'll give you your money back so there's no risk So instead of five months, Doug, she finished it in four months and she said it helped her reach her million dollars for her business. So that's, you know, that's what a book can do for you. And you, it's not like, it's not like you're a a writer and you make your living off writing. You're you're taking your expertise and you're getting guidance Mm -hmm. and accountability to, to get that book out there to be a bestseller.
1: Well, and when you look at separation between you and another, let's just say, deal or you and another consultant or coach or, you know, whatever you're doing, you could be a roofing company, you and another roofing company. Well, if you if you're looking for separation in terms of, you know, being being outbid or something like that, I mean, you can not a lot of people are going to spend the time or the mental energy on writing a book. So that could be a huge separator for you. What other roofers have written a book? (laughs) And so when your clients are looking at you as a potential, you know, to re-roof their home or whatever the case, you can say, hey, I wrote the book on this, you know, that's a big one. Yeah,
0: well, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. A book does the heavy lifting for visibility, credibility, marketability, media. Uh, TEDx talks, the whole nine yards. And this year uh, I'm excited because we just um, expanded mm-hmm. to include ghostwriting services. And so most ghostwriters oh, wow. are, are good writers, but they don't have branding. They don't have marketing behind them. They don't have PR behind them. They don't understand this process of sales. And so um, so when someone works with us for ghostwriting, it goes through me so that by the time that it's ready to to put it all together it's so their book in their uh voice um it's mm-hmm. it's yeah it's, i'm really excited because we're doing it very differently than what's out there right now
1: that is exciting congrats on that that's a big deal thanks so yeah
0: it is the
1: last the last couple of questions i have um are around legacy so what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind
0: so legacy to me means you can be 32 and what is your legacy and your legacy is basically everything in terms of who you are up until this moment in time who just all your experiences good bad indifferent um and you know, your book, a good book, goes into the Library of Congress. And so it's gonna last a lot longer than we are. So that's a big deal. It's a big deal to write a good book. And it's even a better deal to write a bestseller. And so um, you know, my legacy, I remember I remember going to Washington, DC, and I wanted to go to the Library of Congress. And I did. It was so cold out that day. And I had a driver take me to the Library of Congress, and I had him wait for me. And I went up to the uh, receptionist at the library. and God, it's gorgeous. And I said, I'd like like to see a book called um, Where Did the Time Go? by Ruth Klein. And he said, I'm sorry, we're too busy. I can't get the book. And I said, well, oh, darn. I said, I'm the author. He goes, you're the author? Just a minute. I'll be right back. And he brought my first book and I just had to touch it because Doug that book is going to survive me a lot longer than I'm going to be here and it's it was just such an experience and so you can create a legacy at any time in your life. We have we have this mental block that we think a legacy is that towards the end of your life or when you're 50 or 60 or 70 yeah. or 80, no. A legacy is what are you leaving behind now? What impact are you making right now, no matter what your age?
1: I love that and that's a great example of it. It's the, the book, I'm curious, how did you get it into the Library of Congress or how does that work?
0: So the Library of Congress is a huge, gorgeous library. Anyone can walk in at least at that time, that was over 20 years ago. And I went up to the reception desk and I asked for my book. And um, it's, it's. I could live there actually. I, I, could, I could live in libraries, I could live in bookstores and I could definitely, mm-hmm. Uh, live in the Library of Congress, it's, it's exquisite. It's exquisite. And you look up and you see the ceiling and it's exquisite artwork. And you, you couldn't find someone to do the art and the architecture of that building today. Uh, Nobody even knows how to do it.
1: I'm going to have to take my daughter there because she is very much the same way. She, every morning she gets to school early, she goes into the library and reads. She loves to read so
0: oh i, I love right that i love that she may she may end up writing her book before you do
1: <laughs> if i don't give off my butt and do it absolutely she will <laughs> i would love that i would love to be beat by her and that's the crazy thing about being a parent is
0: you know, I know.
1: we're always we're always wanting our kids to be better than us okay so well, i want to thank you so much for coming on
0: I was just going to say, to
1: that's my, so that's what my book is. <laughs> Fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute honor having you on here and I love the conversations that we've had and I hope the, the listeners uh, can get everything they need from it, but if they can't and they need more, uh, where's the best place for them to go?
0: Yeah, they can basically go to my website, ruthkline.com, and Klein is K L E I N. Um, and I do have a free ebook for them on productivity and time management, which I don't care what field you're in, um, you've got to be able to have a time management system. Um, and then also, they can get me on Instagram, ruth.kline, then get me on TikTok as Momentum Guru. Uh, and if someone wants to strategize with me uh, complimentary for 30 minutes, uh, just go to chat with chat with
1: Fantastic and all those links will be in the show notes as well. Great. Thanks again for coming on the, the show Ruth appreciate you.
0: Thank you Dad. Let's
1: get building. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.